Yo, is this seat taken? Uh, yeah, it is. This week, the seat is taken by Val Taylor. She is the owner and woman behind <laughs> Loba Coffee and Pastry. Um, she's an immigrant, and that's me. Yeah. Thanks for welcoming me into your home and feeding me this amazing toast and coffee. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's like 10.30, and usually I'm like just waking up, so this is very nice. <laughs> I'm a bartender. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about being a business owner, being an immigrant, and mm-hmm. being an activist, and all of that jazz. So, what are like the ins and outs, the hows and the whys, and the whats and the wheres, and <laughs> how did you know Loba come to fruition for you? Oof, it's a long story. Um, but where do we start? Um, I don't think I would consider myself an activist. Um, more of an active advocate. More of an advocate. Yeah. I, I think that um, when you are, like, um, I think when, when you're a minority, uh, you tend to just take things as they come. Yeah. Um, but it's been important to me now that I'm in, I'm in a position of power, per se, you know, being a business owner. Yeah. To have a voice for... People that are usually overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, the way that I used to feel, mm-hmm. very much overlooked and like set aside. So I don't think that's activism. That's just like being a good person. Being a good person. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's really funny that you said that. I went to a resistance served last month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a um, hospitality conference. It happened for the second year mm-hmm. this year. And it's um, run by a company called Radical Exchange, by Kasira Hill, and uh, Ashton Berry and Eric King. And there was one point where we were all, like, going in a circle and talking about, like, how we're feeling. And, um, like, the third white woman was like, I'm just here to be a better ally. And Ashton was like, I need white people to stop saying they're here to be a better ally. Like, you are not here to compare yourself to other white people you are actually just here like being an ally is just being a good person mm-hmm. and I was like yes <laughs> she's like all the other people are just like not good people like mm-hmm. you like doing anti-racism work is you literally just being a good person mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting that you said that because it really is just like yeah I'm literally just being a good person like it doesn't have to be like labeled as anything else it's just base level kindness yeah. too. And, you know, I, I think that activism also requires a bigger commitment that I unfortunately cannot mm-hmm. fulfill yeah. being a business owner. Totally. You know, I wish I could be more present on, like, lawmaking and mm-hmm. everything else that trickles down to everyday life, but yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. You know, I can't. That's, like, the definitely, like, the downside of working... excuse me, in this industry. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people and I wish I could go to like more protests. I wish I could like be on the ground doing work, but I literally cannot because I do this career. And Mm -hmm. most of the protests happen on like, you know, Saturday and Sunday afternoons. And like, what am I doing Saturday and Sunday afternoons? Like, that's like my time to like be alone before like a wild Saturday service, you know? And yeah, it's, it's definitely like one of the downsides. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It is a downside, but, um, what I try to focus on is to make things good in my immediate environment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the at the coffee shop just making sure that people get paid enough yeah what they're deserve that uh, that it's a comfortable environment to work in uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
your cats are loving me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like reciprocating it. I'm like, okay. All over the place. Um, but anyway, you know, like, I think um, inclusivity is also very important to me mm-hmm. for women, people of color, uh, non-binary, queer people, you know. So... And I think that takes many different shades. So I may not shout, like, I am so inclusive. Like, look at me. Yeah. Like, everybody's welcome. But I try to show that with how I run the shop. Mm-hmm. You know? Nobody, anybody who is biased, and there's been a handful. It's a coffee shop. There's been a handful of men that I've had to ban. Because I'm like, you are being inappropriate to my teenager mm. barista. So you can't do that. Or, like... Yeah. Um, the way that I, uh, I guess manifest being welcoming to people is by offering lots of options. Like you're vegan, come on by, you know, mm-hmm. you have, uh, you're gluten-free, come on by, like whatever your like restrictions are, whatever your lifestyle is. Um, and also on top of that, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's okay. I didn't turn my actual alarms off. That was the last one, though, so we're good. You're awake. I'm, a, I'm definitely, you know, I'm killing the game. I'm awake before my alarm. Uh, <laughs> anyways, you were saying, if you're vegan, welcome them in. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? That was my turn of thought. Sorry. Oh, um, <clears throat> I think that with specialty coffee and pastry, there is this sense of uh, this like elitist sense to it that mm-hmm. only if you have a disposable income you go to these places mm-hmm. and I get that and um, they are like handmade pastries and specialty coffee are expensive things so I do everything in my power to keep prices down yeah that is like the most important thing because yeah. I want people to I want like ordinary regular people who are just waiting for the boss yeah. to be able to come in for a coffee and a yeah. pastry like easy access easy like, access affordable uh, I mean I still I try not to um, sacrifice like the quality I still mm-hmm. I'm still gonna get my farm fresh eggs and my good milk and mm-hmm. my good ingredients but I like sit down, do the math to say like how can I make this more efficiently? Can I reduce costs somewhere else so some so more people can afford this? Yeah, that's just super important to me. Keep things under like there's nothing that is more than five dollars at the shop. That's awesome for like for like specialty for handmade pastries the day off yeah like artisanal coffee super 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 important to me that's awesome and you know it's it's funny because being business is supposed to be about making money Uh but i told myself from day one that i wasn't going to be money driven i'm Mm -hmm. like people driven so i'm not trying to get rich having this coffee shop i think it's it's, it's not hard, but you have to take advantage of some people and some things. I I don't want that. I just yeah. want to have a nice business that hopefully pays for itself and a little bit more. Um, and hopefully that's a stepping stone for me to provide a better working environment for people that usually don't get that. Yeah. And that's part-time employees, you know? Service industry people. Yeah, I love that. Is that, so that was like your business model from the jump? Yeah, yeah. from day one. Because um, I worked those hours, you know, I yeah. was underappreciated by my employers. I can't tell you how many jobs I had where I had to negotiate just being, getting anything like a little bit more than minimum wage. Yeah. You know, so many times that I was like, I cannot live with that yeah hourly wage yeah so like you know trying to make examples like i've i i have experience i have five years experience doing this like yeah i can't be getting minimum wage Mm -hmm. and it's just um hourly workers are treated as disposable Mm -hmm. things you know they're not considered assets and yeah there's all these expectations for them and I, I still remember. I, it's still very fresh in my mind, so I try not to not to be like that and yeah. not to be that kind of 
boss because that's <clears throat> not it's, that's not good leadership. Yeah, not at all. And it's it's like people really when you are like hourly, I feel like especially in like the food and beverage industry it's like you are treated as your disposable and people like rarely invest as you like invest in you being like an actual human being Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well if you want to quit we can just hire another person right instead of being like no I'm actually going to treat you with like kindness and respect Mm -hmm. and like try to push you forward into your career because this is actually a career Mm -hmm. rather than you know the opposite so yeah yeah and it can be coffee is a little different than restaurants i think is i think most people are involved in coffee temporarily Mm -hmm. and that's fine you know i think it's uh it's more rare that somebody goes into coffee as a barista thinking this is my career yeah um and I understand that, but that that's that employee being there temporarily still doesn't mean that they are disposable and yeah. they still should be respected. I don't know. I once worked at this restaurant where I I just wanted to take some time off. I wanted to take a week off, mm-hmm. you know. So no big deal. Put my time request in. It got approved. When I came back, oh, I I got so much shit for it. They were like, why Why do you even want to take a vacation? Like, why do you want to do this? Anyway. Because like, I want to take yeah, a vacation. Like, just want to take like, seven days off. If I had, like, a nine to five, this wouldn't be a conversation. Right. But they're like, oh, well, who's going to cover your shifts? There's nobody. And I was like, I need to do this because like, I'm going crazy. Also, you already, like, approved the time off. So, like, why are we having this conversation? You should have, like... That's, like, your job as a manager to figure that out. That's, like, not my issue. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to guilt me into not taking time off because I think somebody else wanted to take time off. And I was like, oh. well, I, why, I, so do I, you know? I, yeah. I have the same rights to take time off as right. this other person. Right. Um, and I went and... Granted, the kitchen was a little bit understaffed at that point, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't feel valued enough for me to want to sacrifice my own time to yeah. like, be there. And when I came back from vacation, they gave me some excuse that I was a no call, no show. And like my, one of the days that I was, that I had requested off. And I was like, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I guess I will not show up to work anymore. Oh my gosh. I got fired for taking, taking a vacation. Mm -mm. I got fired for quitting one time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, okay, well I can work the rest of this week, but I can't work like next week. And they're like, "Mm, it's fine. Just don't come in. I was like, okay, I was trying to help you out (laughs) (laughs) by saying I can do the rest of the week. It's, it's. It's a wild, wild world out here. <laughs> it's wild. And so that was, that was funny. I was like, well, so you were, before I was indispensable and now I'm disposable. Like, what's, yeah. what's going on? What are these mind games? Mm-hmm. It was, it was not a great kitchen to be in. Um, but, uh, you know, I, those experiences are still very fresh in my mind and that's one of many. Mm-hmm. So I... Whenever I have a conflict at work, I like have to think back. I'm like, oh, I remember this, or like mm-hmm. consider that, or blah blah blah. So, I, I don't know. I don't even make a big deal if somebody the day off says I can't come into work. I've already told everybody, you know, if yeah. if, um, if you can't come into work, you can't come into work, and that's fine. If you can make something happen, I would like for you to try to make it. But if you're emotionally distressed if you just need to be alone if you like whatever yeah. you need to give me an explanation just tell me like that I really can't come into work today yeah like okay no problem yeah we'll figure it out yeah there's always there's always a way to figure it out there's always a way to figure <clears throat> it out and you know those kitchen situations that I was in you were not showing up to work it was like the world was ending yeah yeah but then, you know, you come back the next day and they're like, oh, actually, we don't need you that much. Yeah. It's just mind games. It is. Yeah, I, I think it's really important what you're doing with 
you know, being understanding and just like empathizing. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, if someone's like emotionally distressed, like mm-hmm. they're not, their head isn't going to be like in work. Like, right. You, that like phrase, like leave your problems at the door, like it's, it's completely toxic. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just like magically like leave all of your problems at the door and go into work and think that you're going to have like a great day at work. Like, yeah. that's not, that's not how life works that's not how this works and it's like yeah you could like put on a fake smile but that's like a whole other layer to like what we do when Mm -hmm. we're like facing like the public Mm -hmm. right it's like a fake performance it's like everything's fine (laughs) but behind the smile I want (laughs) to cry you know and yeah it's definitely like really important to like be able to like empathize with people and like really like humanize them Mm -hmm. right yeah, the on that note too, it's the one thing that I keep working on because of these obstacles present themselves. You know, I've I've hired people that have struggled with mental illness and yeah. I try to be, you know, understanding and there's times where you know, somebody would be missing like a handful of days of work. I wish that I could provide sick pay or something yeah. for them. And I'm just not there yet. That's that's yeah. what I'm working on, you know. And that's one of the perks that a lot of people get. I mean, I consider it a perk. Yeah. But it just does not exist or is very rare in hospitality or it's, food service. It's so rare in hospitality. Yeah. Like, I wish I could. It's a different game. We can't work from home. You know, we mm-hmm. have to be present and I wish I could work from home yeah like, <laughs> I wish I could just bartend, like... <laughs> here you go quick delivery yeah so in I've been thinking a lot about this because of the the virus this pandemic that is going around yeah. you know what's going to happen all of these offices uh, office buildings are um I've been trying to figure out how it's going to affect my business yeah offices are closing down people are working from home uh-huh What's going to happen to hourly, like, food service workers? Yeah. Because... It's... It's scary. I, I was... Yeah. I, I was panicking yesterday. I was like, well, what... what uh, and I was, like, posting on my Instagram stories, and I was like, god damn it. Pisces season makes me so much more emotional and overthink than I normally do. And I was just like, okay. I, like... Yeah. Went home, took a bath, smoked something. I was like, okay, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I... I I feel like it, everything's going to be fine in, like, a month. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Like, I, they, like, China already has it contained. Yes, I don't, it's it's not that, it's just that problems like that snowball. Yeah. And we're not at all prepared to, you know, deal with, like, a quarantine. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, food and beverage places rely on people coming in like yeah. strangers the masses yeah that are going to be staying indoors or being quarantined yeah. so what what are we going to do I you know what going to take a hit yeah I, that's like why i was freaking out because I, I was saying earlier before we were recording i've been unemployed since the end of december and i finally got a couple jobs i'm like okay well if shit hits the fan i'm gonna be really upset because i'm like just finally starting to make money again right and i'm like oh of course this happens yeah like, of course this happens like to me right now like worse life right now but yeah. i think everything's gonna everything's gonna be fine i'm feeling very positive about it um i think that <laughs> Once again, we're already used to the the process of keeping things clean. Like, yeah. oh, you, you know, you can't, I mean, you have to wash your hands. Yeah. Like, we already know that. Yeah. Um, it's funny that people have to be reminded to wash their hands. Yeah. Because when you work with food, you're, like, washing your hands. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've been washing my hands, like, after I touch money. Oh, yes. Because money is really dirty. And, like, pens, uh-huh. you know, like... Because people are, like, you Put know. Putting it in their mouths. Well, I don't know if they're putting it in their mouths, but, like, people are, like, eating food and, like, drinking drinks and, like, mm-hmm. doing weird stuff with their hands. And then, like, you give them a pen to sign, like, the tip and the credit card receipt, right? And it's, like, that pen is probably gross. So, like, I've been, like, my hands are, like, 
on the verge of cracking right now because I've been washing my hands like literally every three minutes. So much. Yeah. Oh yeah, the money. I. The yeah. money's Ooh. really dirty. Yeah, it's like, so dirty. It's so gross. <laughs> Don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, let's do the first segment. Okay. Death meal. meal yeah so what is that if oh you knew you were gonna die like tomorrow what would be your last meal oh my god <laughs> okay i already know okay um it would be a cherry praline uh butter pecan um banana split with hot fudge from Margie's Candy. Ooh, Margie's. Margie's. I live very close to there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Margie's. Oh, definitely have to be, yeah, that banana split. Okay. Cherry, praline, and butter pecan ice cream. Mm. Um, and potato chips. And potato chips. I love potato chips. Okay. What do you know? What kind of potato chips or just any? I don't discriminate. Yeah, okay. you're like <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity. Yeah, player. like whatever you're gonna give me, yeah. just give it to me. It's gross. I I just can't. I can't get sick of them. Okay. You know, like give me a bag. It's it's gone. Potato sure. chips. I'm that way with popcorn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. smart food white cheddar popcorn. Ooh. Like yes. I. So they have like the teeny tiny bags, right? Like the snack bags, but like the big bags, I will like devour in like two days it's really messed up it's so good it's so good i just love junk food yeah no just potato chips just potato chips the kettle ones are the best kettle ones are good i really do love kettle Mm -hmm. uh like kettle chips they have like a jalapeno one Mm. that's like that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite a little cheesy yeah i like i like salty and i like salt sweet and spice together Uh uh-huh that's a good combination for me I feel like uh, Lay's in Mexico growing up, mm-hmm. they came up with this kettle chip flavor that had uh, serrano, sorry, Spanish or prosciutto ham in it. Oh, okay. Um, we call it serrano, sure. which is Spaniard, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it I'm was sorry. that flavor. <sighs> it was so good. That sounds amazing. I still think about them. Okay. One day they'll come back. One day they'll come back. So I guess maybe the the, the prosciutto flavored kettle, potato chips, and a Marty's candies banana split. Yeah, sounds good. That's Do they good. still make that flavor? Or is it just in Mexico? It was like temporary. Temporary. Yeah. Mm. We'll put that out into the universe. Like, yeah. Make it so, come back. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about you being an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are from Mexico. I am. We just mentioned it. I think this is a good segue into it. Um, you were saying before we started recording, you're from Guadalajara. Yes. Yeah. And you moved here when you were... I was 15. You were 15? Yeah. Awesome. So, at this point, I am... I just turned 31, so... Okay. Half happy, of my life has... Happy belated. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, half of my life has been spent in Mexico and yeah. the other half over here. Yeah. Um, it's funny how that, um, how like age happens. I still, I still don't consider myself American, even though I've spent so much time here. Yeah. And some of my formative years have been spent here in the U.S. I don't quite feel American but whenever I go back to Mexico, it just seems so unfamiliar again. Mm. So I think <laughs> it's really funny not having a place of belonging. Um, yeah. To everything, I the one thing that I would say I feel like I've, I feel like I'm fr- from Chicago. I feel like Chicago is my home now. Mm. Um, I think that. <laughs> Did you move from Mexico to Chicago? No, I used to live in Florida. Oh, okay. Because that's where my stepdad um, lived, or that's where we moved to first. Yeah. Where in Florida? Uh, it was a suburb of Tampa. Okay. So, Gulf area. Yeah. Um, I did not like it at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm a city girl. Yeah. I like city things. Yeah. I like 
to be independent. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was shocking to not be able to like go anywhere by myself. Yeah. Because there's no public transit, and if you don't have a car, you can't. Yeah. Do anything. Yeah, I don't know how suburban people do it. I like. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh uh-uh, uh no. I'm <laughs> I'm like right there with you. I'm like a city person like yeah. inside and out like yes. I've I've gone on dates with people and they're like oh I just want to like move in the mountains one day with my dog I'm like <laughs> so <laughs> give me a shot yeah. like no like when I'm ready to die maybe <laughs> like, yeah but even like yeah when I when I'm old enough that I can't even like drive <laughs> like I'll just like be chilling in a home somewhere by yeah. my you know what I mean but like I do have this fantasy, I mean, I am a city girl, but I do, I have this fantasy that one of these days I'm going to get this little farm in the middle of nowhere, and I'm just going to get a cow, one cow, Okay. Uh, and I'm going to milk it and make dairy products from it. Okay. And then, you know, well, maybe two cows. So they maybe can, two. So they can So have, they can mate. Yeah, they can be <laughs> friends or mates. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, have my uh, artisan butter okay. <laughs> brand from there. Awesome. Yeah. One day. One day. But yeah, you were living in Florida. Living in Florida. I finished high school there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you were... Were you a freshman or a junior when, or sophomore when you moved here? I actually um, skipped the 10th grade, so I went okay. straight into 11th. Nice, um, so you graduated a little early. A little early. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't speak English, too, before coming here. Oh, really? At all. Not even a little bit? No. Wow. Did not speak English. Like, I had taken public school English classes, but they're just as good as, like... Public school Spanish public school, classes yeah. here. Yeah, totally. So I knew, like, hello and yeah. how are you, but that was it. I'm sure that was very, um, like... What's the word I'm looking for? It's a word for alone. Isolation? I, yeah. Isolating? Isolating. Yeah. A little bit, maybe. A little bit. I, um, you know, there's there's immigrants everywhere. So yeah. when I started going to high school, there were people that spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I had people to talk to. It was just, it wasn't just being the U.S. I think in Mexico, I was perhaps isolated in Mexico because in Mexico, okay. there's only Mexicans. Okay. And I just, I... Honestly, my my idea of the U.S. was that there was only white people, you know, because minorities are never represented. Yeah. So it maybe at first it seemed challenging, like, oh, my God, everybody's going to be speaking English. Nobody's going to understand me. And then I started going to high school. I'm on an ESL class and everybody's speaking Spanish. I was like, oh, that's right. This is a country of immigrants. Yeah. And that was the shocking part. Yeah. The shocking part wasn't being thrown into, like, a, an American high school. The shocking part was that I had classmates that were from Albania and from Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. Dominican Republic. And like, Cuba. Jamaica. Yeah. Cuba. Um, there's a there's a lot of immigrants in Florida, for Greek, sure. yeah. yeah. And that was the shocking part. I was like, whoa. Yeah. All these people from all over the world yeah. that I never thought I would meet. I'm going to high school with them. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. That probably put your mind at ease a lot. I hate... <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> You're like, no, not at all. <laughs> it was even more confusing, you know? Yeah. Like, before moving to the States, I I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. Yeah. You know, I thought I was... Like, I watch all these, like, teen movies, you know, like, She's All That and 10 Things oh, I Hate About yeah. You. I was like, I'm going to study American high school and I'll be an expert. And when I walk into American high school... I will find my group. Am I going to be in the freaks? Am I going to be in the popular girls? Am I going to be in the jocks? <laughs> you know, like I had all these like notes of what to do in American yeah. high school. And when I walked in, it was just nothing the like the movies yeah. at all. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> I'm um, not prepared. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
You can laugh at it now, but I'm sure at the time it was like, what? Oh, so stupid. <laughs> I was so mad. I was mad, actually. My first reaction wasn't just like sad. I was mad. I was like, this is stupid. This sucks. It's yeah. not like the movies at all. No. There's no clicks. And I hate it. <laughs> so I just, I think my angst really came out and I yeah. rebelled. And, the young teenager. Yeah, yeah. Very, very teen angst. Yeah. It's it's never how you prepare it to be. Like no. nothing, nothing. <laughs> like that's something like you definitely learn over the years. It's like you think you're gonna like be like prepare yourself enough for like a big <laughs> life change, and then you get into it, and you're like, I was completely wrong. Yeah, like, misunderstanding too. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's do the next segment. Uh, guilty pleasure drink. like a stigma or if it's just not Ooh. like the healthiest thing for you yes what is it? especially being in coffee okay and um i don't know if you know this but at the at the coffee shop i don't have any like specialty flavors yeah there's one and you know we make it in house and it's all about not being sugary and being yeah. like made with real ingredients but um i feel like a phony sometimes because Every once in a while, guilty pleasure drink. Yes, <laughs> I love a caramel frappuccino from Starbucks. From Starbucks, because yeah. yeah. you know it's just like <laughs> sugary. And I, I yeah. try to, I, I try to like make it the way I like it, but like whatever. It's, yeah, it's a caramel frappuccino. Yeah, love that shit. Do you do whipped cream? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. It. I feel like Starbucks is just full of guilty pleasure mm-hmm. stuff because it's, like, not good for you. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's not even coffee. It's I don't even not, consider it coffee. Yeah, it's not even... Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, every once in a while I'll go to Starbucks and I'll get, like... They they do, like, a caramel cinnamon uh-huh. frappuccino, like, so, mo- like, not even a mocha, like, latte. Like, caramel cinnamon latte. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll get that. And it's, like, actually really dessert it's it's dessert yeah it's really good and i'll i'll like chug it it's so good but it's like (laughs) so sugary yes it's like this is going to give me like diabetes like (laughs) straight up just one drink like i used to teach yoga at the spot in west loop and it was a couple blocks down from a starbucks in west loop and Mm -hmm. like every once in a while i would be like i'm gonna go in and get this coffee and go teach this yoga class and be like jacked on this <laughs> espresso teaching yoga. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, let's talk more about your business. So you've had the business for three years, right? Four years. Four years now? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. When did it turn four? Uh, January. So January. First, yeah, it's fresh four years awesome. into it. Awesome. Happy belated. Thank you. <laughs> On both accounts. <laughs> All the birthdays. All the birthdays. All the birthdays. What made you want to start it? <sighs> Did you come from pastry? Yes. Yeah. Um, I When I started working in the food industry professionally, I guess, cooking professionally. Yeah. Um, it was in 2010 here in Chicago. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I never, it's like I didn't plan to have a business, Mm. but I did know that I really loved making pastry, but the restaurant, especially fine dining setting was, uh, not great for me. Mm. I think once, um, one of my favorite bosses, and I really liked her, she was only my boss for like two months and I, then I took her spot. Mm. Um, she told me that I wasn't cut for fine dining kitchens because mm. I had too much personality. And I remember being offended then 
But mm. she was right. She was right. She yeah. was right. Yeah. You know, like the the whole like silent kitchen and saying like we chef and the seriousness. Yeah. It's not like it's impossible for me, but I just need to interact with people. Yeah. In in a different way. Yeah. You know, like a little bit more low key, a little bit friendlier. Just um, like a little more real. A little bit more real. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way with fine dining. Yeah. Like the last place I worked at, it wasn't supposed to be like fine dining, but it ended up being like like there were a lot of things in the front of house mm-hmm. that made me feel like I was in a fine dining restaurant. Mm-hmm. I was like uh-uh, no. Yeah. Like yeah, I I'm right there with you. But yeah, it's funny. It's funny when you going back to what your old boss said. Mm-hmm. I was offended at first. Like that it's funny when people say things to you that are like very truthful and yeah. like you do get offended but then like years back you look at it and you're like actually they were They're right. Like, yeah. I just thought that she was saying that I wasn't serious enough. Uh, or that I wasn't focused enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well I can be serious and I can be focused and I, I can do this. And I worked at a handful of uh, like really fancy fine dining spots, mm-hmm. and I was, I was okay at it. I mean, I might even say I was good at it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's no interaction with the people, and I I'm a talker. You know, I yeah. like to say like hello, good morning, what's up, how's it going? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until years later I actually so after I got fired from that job. <laughs> I was super salty. Yeah. So it's like, ugh. Was that the same job about taking the week off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, oh, of course it was in a fine dining place. <laughs> I mean, there were, there wasn't, I was backtracking then. I was like, okay, I'm just going to have like an easy job, right? Yeah. And even being like easy about this job, I was constantly criticized for it. Mm. There were so many terrible things with that place. Like our call-in time was at two o'clock, and a lot of people showed up at noon, and worked for two hours unpaid. Yeah. Because the workload was that heavy, and yeah. I never did that. I showed up right at two, and I left right at eleven, and all of my work was done. But they were like, "Oh, you just don't care about this enough." Yeah. Like, no, I'm. That's. Um, I'm not gonna work for free. I just actually heard about this, like. Maybe a year ago, and my friend told me about this because she was dating a cook. Mm-hmm. And that's actually pretty normal mm-hmm. for chefs to yeah. come in two hours before to get all their prep done for free. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So not only you're they getting... They don't clock in. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so if they got hurt in those two hours, that would be a huge... Um, lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't hear about that until a year ago. And I was like, is that normal? And my friend was like, no, that's actually normal. That happens in a lot of kitchens. common practice. And it's not okay. That's not okay at all. You need to pay people for them being there to work. Right. Like... You need to pay them for the work that they do. Exactly. Yeah. And you would just like show up like right too and get everything done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was efficient. Yeah. Um... Because I had more experience of what they were paying me for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that made me not a good team player. I think that's what I was called. And I was like, mm, okay, too bad. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm getting my work done. Yeah. Like, why are you ragging on me? Um, so, anyway, after I got fired, so salty, I figured, you know, I always wondered what regular life was like mm. and I was I always wondered if I would be capable of having just a regular office job like everybody else mm-hmm. um so I you know looked for opportunities and I got this gig from it's like a friend of a friend of a friend of my parents um it was a great job I was doing project management for a software company mm. and I was getting some very nice hours, very good benefits, very great uh, salary, and I hated every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It was I'm the worst like, thing. I'm like right there with you right now because I was unemployed for like two months, and I was like, I wonder if I could actually do a nine to five. And like, I really like meditated on that idea, and I was like, I don't. Mm-mm. I don't think I could. I tr- I tried. I like doing this too much. Yeah, exactly. And for the people who 
can't see what I'm doing. The <laughs> listeners, like this, I'm like pointing to Val and I. Like I like doing face to face interactions. Like I like being of service to people. Yeah. I like serving people. Yeah. I really do. And like if I'm not doing that and I'm just like doing like office and Press desk. And keys. Yeah. Do, like do, do, it's do. I can only do that for so long. I feel like I would get too many migraines staring at a screen for that long too, you know? Like, it's awful. Yeah. It's also so inefficient. Like the time <laughs> wasted in between tasks is unbelievable. Oh really? Oh, I was going out of my mind. If you like want to do something, yeah. 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 It's like we there are these things that we need to do and mm-hmm. you have to wait for other people to do what they have to do in order for you to do what you have to do. Yeah. And that takes like three days. Ugh. Yeah. It just takes so long. Uh-uh. I was like, this is this is not real life. And if they're like standing around in a kitchen or like behind right. a bar, it's like you can find something to do. Like yeah. like I will find something to do. Like if it's really, really slow, like I will clean baseboards. Yeah. Like that's just how I am. Like I'm not gonna like Stand there and do nothing and make money. Like, I started, yeah, I started getting so mean with my coworkers because I was like, if you're not doing this task that you're supposed to be doing, why are you doing? Why are you here? Because I need you to do this thing so I can do my job. Yeah. That's you know, funny. I just got, so it, I didn't understand. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, I was in, a, in, in, an, in an office, but I was basically working remotely because everybody else was somewhere else. Yeah. I was like, I, there's got to be something that we can get done today. Yeah. And then another day would go by and I was like, I'm still waiting for that freaking thing. <laughs> you know, perhaps <Hurry> highlight. <laughs> <laughs> per my last email. Per my last email. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I couldn't do that anymore, and I just stumbled into this little coffee shop bakery, and I, you know, for three months, I had stayed away from the restaurant industry, and I feel like the moment that I walked in, I was like, oh, that's right, I, I love this, I love mm-hmm. being around people and cooking, and so I started working there, and that was the, that was the reminder, and I found... The missing piece because it was counter service mm-hmm. so I, w- I would do some baking in the back and then also take in cashiering yeah. and you know that people facing part mm-hmm. it's that's when it like finally clicked Clicked for like, you this is this is what I want you had a light bulb go off yeah yeah um, and that was like <laughs> four and a half years ago five years yeah almost I think almost five years how long did it take for you to open doors uh, from the idea, from the time you had the idea to do it to the time doors were open. Well, I ended up walking into an opportunity at that um, coffee shop bakery because mm-hmm. the owner at the time was looking into moving out of, oh, moving out of the city. Okay. And so you didn't really have to start brand new. You just took over something. I took over and made something. it better. Yeah. Or made it yours. Basically, <laughs> awesome. made it better in mine. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have a plan. I didn't have a goal. I didn't think this was going to happen. Um, I was kind of like in the right place at the right time and finding some options. Um, there is so, there's so much more to that. You know, this guy actually wanted a lot of money for this business and I had to really, really, really talk him down and I got... I got it for for very, very, very little. Like, I don't think anybody else can start a business with the amount of money that I spent to start a business. <laughs> you got lucky. Yeah, I, I, did, I did get You're a good lucky. negotiator, huh? That too, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a lot of negotiating. Awesome. But, um, I don't know. It, it's funny because every four... Even now, four years into it, I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm just swinging, you yeah, know. Like, just I'm like, just, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't. It still doesn't feel real, you know. Mm. That even after four years, and I have uh, six employees now, mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't. <laughs> doesn't feel like it's really happening, but. Mm. 
It is. You're it doing is. it. Four yeah. years. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good amount of time to have a business running. I think, yeah, they say three years. Three, they say three years? Three years? No, I don't know. They, they say that the first year is the hardest. Yeah. And it really was. Yeah. Um, but I think, now maybe after, if you've made it for five years, you've really made it. Mm. So one more year. One more year. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's do the last segment. Uh, high thoughts. say what comes to mind I don't <laughs> hold anything in yeah <laughs> so if I had a silly thought I probably blurted it out to somebody and <laughs> forgot about it um <clears throat> I can't think of anything right now <laughs> this cat is too distracting yeah the the cats are like all around us they're really cute <laughs> that they that one was sleeping in your lap for a good moment yeah he was a cutie the so many cats I feel like there's it doesn't matter where you are in this house there's usually a cat around you yeah well you have three they definitely follow you around it's too many there really (laughs) it really is too many but we're stuck okay so no high thoughts (laughs) I can't think of anything all right we can skip it we can come back to it come back to it we'll come back to it let's go right into just like questions um who are your Pastry inspirations. Pastry. Pastry people. Pastry chefs, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yes. I look up to um, my friend Emily Sperlin. I had a feeling you were going to say her. Yeah. <laughs> I love she's her. She's amazing. She's great. I opened Bad Hunter with her. I was oh. like a part of the opening team. Yeah. She's she's so sweet and yes. kind and just like, yeah. Her yeah. her pastries were some of them were very life changing for me. Yes. Like I was like, how what? Yeah. Where did you come up with this? And they're you know, they're not only int- interesting but they're also intricate and yeah. multifaceted. Yeah. Um but it's funny, when you mention activism, I see her more as an activist. I, like, I kind of see her as a role model. Yeah. Too. Um, I, I'm, you know, I will use it as a scapegoat. <laughs> I, I'm still not super confident on the, uh, like, my vocabulary sometimes. Mm. Like, I speak English and it doesn't, I don't have a pronounced accent, but I, I feel I get stuck very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not great with my words. I'm good with my actions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, it's hard for me to consider myself an activist because I, I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can say the right thing. Oh. But um, Emily Sperlin um, is very good at sharing her ideas and thoughts in a very eloquent, eloquent way. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I look up to her for that. Because mm-hmm. that's something that I can't do and I'm trying to be better at. Mm-hmm. To, like, it, it's, I think it's harder to be the voice of, of a group or um, a voice for people that are not as loud as you. But, mm. um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not confident that I can be that. So, mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> That's why she's like your biggest inspo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I'm that. always like looking on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I feel the same way too. Yeah, you know, sharing <laughs> it gives me gives me more things to think about, and um, I feel like I'm not uh, confident enough to like say them too, but I'll like act on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, what is your favorite kind of pastry? Uh... I love shortbread cookies. Okay. Like dry, crunchy things. Oh, okay. I was not expecting that. <laughs> not at all. That came like way out of left field. Really? Yeah. I was like expecting like like some sort of like muffin or... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually very plain. Yeah. I like the simple things like a pecan sandy. 
Okay. Love those. Yeah. Just simple, crunchy, nutty yeah. things. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, it was not expected. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm a plain girl. I'm a plain girl. Next question. What's your biggest fear? <sighs> <laughs> sense i feel like I there's know. biggest fear socially biggest fear career wise yeah biggest fear personally i think just let's just do personally let's get into real but um being alone mm. yeah like being old and alone mm. that's my biggest fear i feel like that's everyone's fear yeah i like being alone though I, I think I think if I like didn't have a like companion when I'm old I would just like have like ten cats. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that's I think that's part of the fear. Somehow finding myself over fifty and not only without I mean, it's not about like a romantic companion, but feeling like I don't have any friends mm. or yeah. family nearby. Yeah. And my cat's dying by that point. Yeah. That's that's biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah, being alone is no it's no big deal. I used to live I, I lived alone for many years and yeah. I really I really love it. Yeah. You can't hear us. Um, <laughs> like dodging the boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know. Yeah. But you know. Alright. Um, I ask everyone this question at the end of each episode, but what changes you wish to see in the world and or within your industry? Mm, I definitely want people to be kinder, kinder. and more understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're getting to a point where we understand that we have, that we ourselves have struggles and we have anxieties and we have stressors and how to deal with those ourselves. But we're still not in a good point where we understand that everybody else is going through those too. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because that self-care is this like um, buzzword right now. You know, it's all about like self-care, taking care of myself. And that's mm-hmm. great because we needed to do that. But we need to expand that to other people. Other people yeah. too. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Totally. All right. Well, thank you for joining me this morning. Well, I'm technically joining you. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me over so we can talk. Welcome to my house. Yeah. Such a pleasure. (laughs) Um, I'll see you soon.